0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E.com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey guys, it's Vlad Harris here on our Panther Rants podcast. Happy Thursday to you guys. Weekend is almost here. For some of us, it's almost payday. But then of course your rent's due or whatever else is due. So so much for that, right? Anyways guys, um not, not a whole lot going on in the world realm of pit uh, you know athletics. Um hoops, they dropped another one to uh Clemson last night. They came out flat the they came out flat pretty much and they were down pretty big at one point and they battled back, but you know they lost by 14. So I'm not sure what the spro that game was, but it was if it was single digits, I hope you took took Clemson. But I'm sure the way Vegas goes, everybody probably took Pitt because that's how it always goes with, with betting is everybody takes, you know, that team that you think's going to obviously win, but it turns in Vegas. Well, it usually sometimes goes another way. That's why sometimes you got to go against the when you bet when you gamble. You got to go against the, uh, the public opinion sometimes and just go the other way because, you know, if everybody's, a lot of times if everybody's taking, is betting heavily on that one, it's best to flip to the other one because something's probably going to happen. And that's how it always goes in the NFL. Um, I, you know, not playing, playing my buddies who gamble. NFL is probably one of the most frustrating, uh, you know sports to gamble on because you just don't know what what, what exactly the, the script writers got going for that game. Could be a lot of things. But last night uh, you know the pit had the uh, the light show for the students you know with all those lights all that you know happy stuff all that was missing from that was probably some Percocets and some uh, Lords of Acid music you know pretend like you're at a rave you know, some glow sticks, disco balls, strobe lights, all that shit. Uh, Pitt football landed a uh, tra- uh, transfer. Uh, Naki uh, Griffin Stewart is his name. All I know is I kept getting his name all all mixed up. I thought it was Stewart Griffin. And, of course, when I Google, try to Google him and get some information on him, I get a freaking family guy freaking links because I think I'm trying to Google Stewie Griffin so he's a tight end he uh, you know statistically he really didn't do a whole lot of Rutgers I mean like 10 catches total uh, he played under Chris Ash and you know well for one thing he played under Chris Ash and for, for one thing second he played for Rutgers so basically there could be a lot more to the meets the eye with this guy you know, he, and you know, recruiting-wise, he was one of the top. He was, you know, I think he was like top twenty-five in the tight ends of the nation. His you know, stats weren't bad for a tight end in high school, but um, obviously didn't transcend into uh, college too much. But again, he played for Rutgers. He played for Chris Ash, so we really don't know exactly. What we have, because you know, Rutgers took it's you know, basically a shithole for the most part in a lot lot, of its phases. Yeah, it's amazing how far it's they've fallen since uh, the Shiano era. I mean, they got into the Big Ten and they pound their chest, you know, good for them because you know, we want at one time we wanted the Big Ten. I mean, that was. Man, I was incessant pissing matches all the time on message boards about conference expansion because there was a somebody posted a rumor that Pitt was going to be in the Big Ten or they you know they were they're going to extend the offer turned out to be fake news. Then Rutgers all of a sudden cat pulled at the top of the list supposedly, and the, obviously the selling point there was is they have the the New York market. I mean, if you want the whole Northeast, grab Yukon. And there you go. That's all the Big Ten really needed to do, is just grab them. And they had the whole Northeast. Or at least, you know, the, the New York all the way up. But, uh, yeah, they settled on Rutgers, and Rutgers got the pound their chest, and, oh, we're in the Big Ten. Then, of course, now they're just a mouth of feet, because, really, they don't they don't do a whole much else. Their basketball, for the most part, has been mediocre. It was mediocre in the Big East. It seemed like Mike Rice was going to get to, you know, to, you know, to a, um, you know, more respectable thing Then Mike obviously had to, uh, you know, get himself into some trouble. You know, he cursed some players and supposedly put his hands on a few And it's basically because he had a guy working for him by the name of Eric Murdoch, who played it in the Big East for Providence at one time. And basically, he—I think Murdoch came from a, was from the previous staff, and Rice kept him. But then Rice decided he was going to cut his job, and bring somebody else in. So Murdoch decided to. Um, uh, he decided to stitch on his, uh, his coach I mean this stuff obviously was going on in his practices, nobody really said anything about it, ever but then the moment he lost his job he decided to uh, blow the whistle I'm not sure if Eric Merck has ever found any gainful employment in, in any type of college basketball since, I have to look but I haven't really heard anything from him and I know for a while he couldn't find work I mean, well, for one thing, you obviously didn't say anything about it when it was happening for for, for as long as it did. And then you lose your job and you decide to uh, blow the whistle. So, that's pretty much a double-edged sword there because if you're letting it go on and not saying anything, well, and it comes out, it makes you look bad. But then it makes you look worse when you have... um, well, when you decide oh, your job gets cut, and you decide to you know finally open your mouth, no one's going to hire you after that. Because one thing you turn to blood eye, and then of course now you're petty, and nobody wants that and, and that type of attitude in and their and staff or in their team. Nobody. But as far as Mike Rice goes, he really hasn't found any. I don't think he's really found any employment either since that happened it's a shame because he's not he's not a bad coach I mean he was doing really he did pretty good at Robert Morris and probably should have stayed there that's the thing with like a lot of college coaches is um they look for the next big thing and a lot of times they're better off where they're at that's why a lot you see a lot of coaches stay at their mid-majors because they're better off I mean, for me, I don't know, if, if I'm Mike Rice and if a, if a Rutgers job comes comes by, I don't know if I want to leave Robert Morris for Rutgers. I know the, I know Robert Morris is the NEC. You know, I know they're the NEC conference, whoever they call themselves. True. And I just don't know if I would go take a Rutgers job for basketball. I mean, it's just not... I mean, I mean, for me, they'd have to pay me really a good and give me really a really good buyout for, for me to even take that job. And it shouldn't be that hard to, uh, to recruit it. Because you're in New Jersey, you're in a good space. But basically, you're going to need a really good staff around you to actually build a program... And bring kids in and convince them to say, hey, you know what, come play at the rack. Come play for Rutgers. Cause the, the kids they can go anywhere. They can go anywhere any Atlantic 10. They can go play for they, can, they can go play at Scene Hall for God's sakes. They can go to Providence. They can go in anywhere in that area. They don't have to go to Rutgers. But anyways, I'm coming I'm going off key. I went from you know Griffin Stewart to, uh, all the way to, uh, you know, basketball, you know, speaking of that, obviously, you know, as far as the, uh, I was taking you know, a little look at the conferences and I'm not sure who stands out as far as the tournament goes this year. I was, I was hoping for, uh, I was thinking the Big Ten may be a, a conference to reckon with this year. But Penn State's pulling off some big wins against some of these guys now and Pat Chambers is horrible, but he's beat these guys. So I don't know you know if about that. I was pretty high on Syracuse, but you know, Boeheim got into an unfortunate incident where he ran somebody over. I believe it was accidental. And I guess he's recovered, but I'm not sure you know, how that plays on his psych after that. And not to mention, Syracuse has to make the tournament first. Now, TCU lost to West Virginia three overtimes, and Jamie Dixon did a blow-by-handshake, and that was caught on, you know, on camera, and I guess he was... I mean, yeah, I'd be pretty, I'd be pretty pissed off if you know, losing tri- triple overtimes in time. That's not a fun thing. I mean, the guy's lost five players since the uh, beginning of the season. Four are transferring. Yeah, four, all four are... Hurt, you know, the four are transferring got hurt for the year, and they're, they're just leaving. So... I'm not sure what's going on in, uh, you know, in, in Dixonland, but there's that. As far as other things going on in college football, well, Alex Hornibrook is—he's uh, transferring as well. He graduated and he's gonna go somewhere else. And I made the—I made the tweet that said patch Signal pending," because Alex Hornibrook transferring and us going, and us recruiting him to come to Pitt and landing him would be the most patent or doozy thing ever. Right? Because we just love grad transfer quarterbacks. And as far as Hornibrook goes, I don't know. I mean, if Paul Chris can't get the most out of your abilities, then chances are nobody else is going to. I'm not even sure what the hell his abilities are anymore. I mean, I've watched him play, and they they get supposedly, if I remember correctly, last last year before the season began, or no, this past season before it began, people said he was one of the guys to watch. And I'm like, really, that guy? That guy's the player the watch? I was like, because he hasn't gone any better since he started playing in college. And, you know, I mean, Wisconsin's had you know some talented teams these past two years. It's their quarterback play that's held them back. And I mean, look at look at Chad Wojtek, for instance. I mean, Paul Chris got the most out of him. And then when Paul Chris left, we never heard from Wojtek again. he transferred to Arkansas State, and he couldn't find a starting job there either. But the fact that Paul Chris got whatever he could out of him was amazing. But he couldn't get anything out of Horningbrook. I mean the guy for the most part was just a just a mediocre college quarterback I mean he's pretty much you know a game manager you know, for the most point so I'm not sure where he ends up if anywhere at all but I'm sure Pat Narduzzi is drolling and licking his lips at this, uh, this development let's hope not all right, so rubber craft, as we all know, last week got himself in some hot water. You know, or you know, or a hot shower, whatever you want to you know say it. Uh, you know, he's basically been indicted for, uh, I guess, for soliciting prostitution, and that's really you know, all you can really get him on. I know people are going the human trafficking angle, but. I don't really um, think he's in there to get him on that. I think it's more the uh, the, the business itself. But you know, I read the whole thing. We're supposed the video. He meets the girl and hugs her, and they hug again before you know she gives him his uh, you know yeah you know, his massage. I guess you can say. So I don't know. Maybe maybe she's being cordial Maybe he's been there a bunch of times before. I mean, I just find it odd that a guy that's a millionaire has to go to a one of those C places just to get action. I mean, the guy is a billionaire; he could probably find himself a woman to, like, uh, can do all that without having to go to those places. I mean, I'm sure he can't go into a bar and just roll up and say, "Hey, I'm a billionaire. I I want to just I, I want to get laid all the time. I'll pay you." You know, let me know what you think. I, you know, he can't do that, obviously, because that's just a horrible idea. And you, I, you know, your success rate of who bites that bait doesn't work. I mean, he could go to a strip club and you know buy some lap dances, buy a champagne room with one, and you know have a have a casual conversation with one. And explain, you know, what he wants and you know and chances are some of them would do it. Actually a lot of them would. You know, for some, for some it'd be their mail ticket out of the out of the business, you know, they can get like you know, a hefty you know, hefty hefty paycheck. He could have done that, I mean of course then of course he lives with the issue of being seen in a strip club. So he probably has to have his handlers do it, which is probably what he should have did. Say, hey, you know what? I need you to go to a strip club, talk to a bunch of strippers, give that proposition, see what they say. I mean, he doesn't have to say that he's a billionaire. He can just say, hey, you know, I have a, a colleague, and he wants this, and he's wondering if somebody can, you know. Because, you know, if you say you're a billionaire, then... You know, for one thing, the stripper probably thinks it's a big, it's a big Ponzi scheme. But you know, I know people are going to say, "Well, you know, he did, you know, he did all this." But at the end of the day, he still got his six rings. He's got a billion dollars. I'm not sure what it's going to cost him, gal. This one, though, I'm, I'm sure it's not going to be a billion dollars. Though, I'm sure he'll be fine. It's just. Hire a good, just hire a good PR guy, and you know, and say, hey, you know what? He made a bad, he made a bad decision. He's, you know, he's dealing with all our griefs. His wife passed. He's lonely, and you know, this is you know, it made him think bad. Think, make him a bad decision. That's all he's got to do is play that kind of role, and people will buy it because they always do. Like Jesse Small, for instance. You know, he the the more he uh, tries to lie, the more they dig, and supposedly now they found the check I guess he wrote you know, to his uh, you know to his actors who were trying to who you know, who were trying to portray himself as Trump supporters now Jesse's saying he has a drug issue and you know, that's always the big def- that's what, that's all you, I mean that's the Mel Gibson defense, that's what you do you, you blame on the drugs and the alcohol and it makes you Makes these bad decisions. That's what you know, Mel Gibson did. Mel Gibson used at the fence when he was uh, bl- you know doing all the anti-Semitic stuff, where he was blaming the uh, you know when he got pulled over and blaming on, on the Jew- on the Jewish conspiracies and and whatnot. He blamed it on the alcohol, and of course, he gets to that big um, phone call with his ex-wife, and you all know you all know what happened there. Where basically a bunch of racial slurs were made and... It turns out he came out smelling like a rose on that one because... She tried to, I guess not extort, but get more money out of him than he originally offered. And it turns out she got a lot less than he he was offering. In terms of alimony. She wanted more alimony and uh, basically... She took him to court for it. And I guess uh, what he offered was actually really good. was was really good. She wanted more. And then the judge looked at it and said. Well you're getting less. For this reason. And I forget why. I think she wasn't working for one thing. Or she was. Something like that. It was something weird. But basically she was trying to get as, you know, as much money out him as she could. And. Well, shit up with less. It's like play, it's like placing that three three hour bet, and then you and of course your uh, horse is like a one to two, and you end up with one hundred and fifty dollars to three hundred, and you wonder why. I to this day I still don't know who who places those bets. Maybe there's some reason they do it, and I have no idea why. And he's still kinda of like me on that on that part of it. Don't know. Like I know, like the Tyson Douglas thing, the, the the it was for, it was a 42-1 to 1 was the odds. And some people are banging the one bang Tyson the one to 42 for whatever reason, I have no idea whatsoever. That's that's one thing when you pocket your money and be done with it. All right, so the cap is all off. We got the uh, well. There's a Pittsburgh me- local meal were brewing, as you've all seen the last few days. Um, you know, Colin Dunlap and Mark Madden are going at it again. And you know, last time, you know, I remember t- I, t- I tweeted two days ago about this, where I said last time these two t- these two had a spat. They had they got they uh, took a selfie together. And um I said it's not that serious. It's just some WWE promo shit they always do with each other. It build, It builds up all kind of you know stuff for them, ratings, whatnot. Let's see what people want to say. Well, I'm not sure if this is the case anymore as, as, as time has progressed. I uh, coined the according to Mark Madden last time they had this spat. He said that Colin Dunlap sought him out at the WWE event and, 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 and you know, took the selfie with him I mean, nobody really put a gun to Mark Man's head And make him take a photo of Colin Dunlap Let alone You know Acknowledge his presence You know, all Mark had to do was tell him to go fuck off That's, you know, that's really all I had to do I mean, when Colin says, hey buddy, how's it going? Yeah, fuck you dude <laughs> Leave me alone That's all I had to do No selfie, no nothing so, this time around, it's a little different. I don't know what the hell happened, but they've been going back and forth over everything, over this crap. And I guess, you know, some things have, you know, some things, you know, went over the edge. And I guess Dunlap made a mention to Mark Mann about, you know, oh, well, you know, Marcus. All Mark his radio show. I got my wife and my kids, and I've you know I have a happy job. Basically, Matt, you know, Dunlap took a shot at Matt because he's you know as old as he is. He's single and has no kids and has no wife. Which you know I don't know you know why that is with Matt. Maybe he chooses to be single. I mean I don't know. We all have our own battles, but personal battles we all we'll we'll all deal with. There could be reasons for that. Why? Why he? You know? Why he doesn't have a family? Maybe it's by choice. Maybe it's because he's been big all of his life, and you know, his esteem levels isn't that good. Where he, you know, doesn't think he can land a, um, a partner of the opposite sex or same sex, whatever his preference really is. I'm not saying that he, you know, he, that he is that, but maybe he is. Who knows? Or maybe he just, you know, he just don't, you know, he likes doing his own thing and chooses not to be married. Like, there's a lot of guys like that. A lot of females like that too. Or they're they're stuck in their own ways, and you know, they don't want to change. They they like they love what they, they they love what they love. And they love what they want to do. You know, you got people like that. Or you know, maybe men's standards are high. Maybe he wants the hot stripper chick. And he's not going to settle for, uh, you know, he wants the uh, Lamborghini, but he doesn't want to settle for the station wagon for the most part. You know, all I can afford is the station wagon because the payment, the car payment's affordable. But God damn it, he wants that Lamborghini. You know, it's a lot of a lot of things there. So of course he took a shot at Matt. And of course Matt says, "Oh, a lot of listeners are single and you know at this age and." Taking shot my listeners, I don't think that's going to hurt the listeners any 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 at all. But I don't think you know Dunlap meant it like that, but it came across like that. So of course, man went back and went after him, and of course, man's followers went after Dunlap. But pretty much, said so Dunlap was using his daughter's illness to promote himself. Which is kind of you know I mean this has been happening for months now, last several months. I mean it's it, it's gone worse every other month with with you know with Dunlap and his daughter's illness and because they say oh you know he's made you know he talks about his daughter's illness all the time and you know and he makes about it it's it, he makes about himself than anything else you know I, I you know I have three kids myself and I know a lot of you guys probably have kids as well or you know or for you, for those who don't. Hell, you got pets too pets get sick too and um or you, you got siblings you got other family members out of kids you, you, you know you know you you see it you got friends that have kids it's a lot of stuff you know in the case of Dunlap I mean I've you know my kids right now haven't been you know haven't been hit with this what his has been hit with, and, I'm, and for God's sakes, I hope, I hope that never comes, comes ever. I mean, my oldest kid; I mean, he has a bracket on his mouth because one of his teeth won't come, his teeth won't come out. So there's this thing that they have for, for dent, you know, they had to cut his gum and, you know, and actually put something, you know, attach something to that tooth, to, to, pull, to bring it up. Otherwise, they may have to. Uh, do surgery on him and get that tooth out and reshape his jaw. I mean, I mean to be honest with you, in life, in terms of illnesses and whatnot, I hope that's all he ever has to deal with. Is that, with that. I mean, I hate the, it pisses me off that it, you know that he ha, that he that he has to deal with that. And he, you know, my kid's been a good sport about it, mainly because, you know, he said he likes the brackets because he said. He didn't like his teeth crooked. He he likes to smile now because of it. You know, because he said, you know, because that tooth wouldn't come up. He hated smiling. So you know, if that makes you know, so for me, you know, when I was a kid, I hated braces. They were they sucked. I mean, they hurt. And nobody likes a mouth full of metal. But hey, you know what? If it brightened my kid, my son's day and made him smile, then God, forbid, then heavens forbid, by all means, let him have, let, let him do it. Let's do it. But I mean, if that's the only I've ever, ever has to deal with in his life, then hey, I'll take that any day. But there's a lot of people that don't. I mean, I mean, there's, I mean, you know, I have a friend who whose kid, you know, his firstborn had was born Down syndrome, and you know way these, the way, you know, things are now, there's a lot of resources where these kids with Down syndrome, they can live, they can live lives like, uh, we, you know, any kid lives now, where they don't have to be treated as some sort of special, you know, as a special, special. I'm sure I'm quoting Thomas the train here, but I'm, you know, for one thing, I'm going to stay in my lane. I'm not going to, you know, tell Colin Dunlap how he should deal with his daughter's illness, You know, if he's he's using our... I mean, he says he's using our platform to uh, promote awareness, raise money. I don't think he's using it for personal gain because he's still working the same job. He's not... It's not like he's national. He's working some... He's working a local job at some 93.7 The Fan. I mean, he's not really... He's not up there. So I don't really see him using it for Twitter likes and whatnot. Because, I mean, yeah, I mean, I understand people get annoyed by by stuff like this where they, they use, you know, they use, you know, or do stuff for, for likes on Twitter or they write, they write stuff for it or they have personal opinions and tweets, you know, to gain more followers and gain more attention. And we see a lot of that where, the, you know, where the people themselves really aren't authentic anymore. They just do stuff to get attention. And to, You know, the, the gaining the attention. Where you know for a fact that, hey, that's not really them at all. Right? And it happens. I mean, I've seen that with some, you know, being people where, you know, you knew who they were before they got big on Twitter. But then when they get big, they just, they, they they lose what they were, and you can't really, you know, you can't really follow them anymore or take them seriously anymore, and you got people who do stuff, you know, you know, basically the, it's, you feel like you're, you know, they're paying themselves, they're doing, they're paying themselves on the back, and it's stuff that people do every day, pretty much, it's like, you know, for instance, you know, well, I went to the grocery store today, and, you know, Delay has to delay has to you know bag her, has to bag the groceries while she rings them up, but you know what I bagged her groceries. I bagged the groceries while she rang them up, so she wouldn't have to do that. It's some shit like that. I mean, it's just little shit like that. I mean, for me, you know, when I see a cashier dealing with that when they don't have a bagger, I well, as she rings them up usually I'll bag them myself because I'll, I've bagged groceries before. Everybody freaking is bag groceries. It's no big deal. I mean, but we're talking Dunlap raising money for cancer, I mean, that's a big deal, you know, so I don't mind him talking about that stuff, but people, there's people, even, you know, I guess I suppose a community who battle cancer, who thinks that, you know, Dunlap's a fraud, and I'm not sure if, um, reading the guy's timeline, I think his issue's more with Dunlap than the fact that Dunlap's daughter's sick, and her illness, I think his issue's more with Dunlap than anything else. But at the end of the day, I'm sure these guys will take another stupid selfie together and say, "Oh, you know, we may disagree, but you know, here we are, we're friends. At the end of the day, this is what we do." Yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed the, the battle on Twitter, and you know, we'll, we'll see you guys in a few months when we we fight again. That's how it always goes, you guys. With them, these type of things are always temporary. You know, you know I doubt it gets any more. If it does, di- I mean, if there's more, you know, "quote unquote" tea to be spilled, I'm sure we'll see it. We'll, we'll see more fun things out of it. Oh well, thirty minutes, you guys. I'll let you go. Have a good weekend. Held a pit. Bye. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on Auto Trader.